Logan Schwartz podcast. Today, my friends, we are talking about a frenemy, and that is anxiety. It can sometimes be our friend, but more often than not, it is our enemy. Back in the old days, when we didn't have this developed country, and it was you know, caves and rock and fire, right? Cavemen. We needed anxiety. In fact, it was essential to our development as a species. When we would hear a rustle in the bushes, that could indicate to us that there might be something in there that could eat us or kill us. But now fast forward to the modern world, this anxiety is more often a hurdle than it is something that's helping us. And unfortunately, we, we all feel it. I feel it, you feel it. If you don't, maybe you're just not aware of it. But at some point in time, we have all felt anxiety. But let's digress. Let's just paint the picture here. First off, anxiety, it is what it is. It's normal. It's not something to be afraid of. When you know how to overcome it and you understand it more, that's when it becomes a little bit less of a hurdle. A lot of people see anxiety as this disease. And listen, I, I'm not a, a psychologist by any means. This is just my own personal experience. There's, of course, extreme uh diagnosable anxieties, which we're not talking about here. We're just talking about the regular everyday anxiety. A lot of folks see anxiety as something that, where it's something wrong with them. Again, speaking to the majority of the population. Uh, but I would like to just reinforce that, first of all, it's normal. Anxiety, everyone has it. It's not something that is a a cancer, so to speak. Everyone has it, and everyone deals with it. Don't get me wrong, there are some folks out there that have a disproportionate amount of anxiety that should seek help. But in this episode, we're just speaking to the folks that have a, a undiagnosed anxiety, we should say. And it could, you know, even even a lot of people just see it as hindering us. In some facets, even before, you know, when we were talking about the caveman ages, yes, it kept us alive. Even today, it keeps us alive. Let's just be real. But talking about why anxiety comes up, I actually looked up the definition, right? We're, we're getting into you know, putting on the glasses, doing some research over here. And the American Psychology, excuse me, the American Psychology Association, or the APA, defines, and I quote, anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. Skipping through a little bit in the quote, it is considered a future-oriented, long-acting 
response broadly focused on a diffuse threat. And frankly, when I first read it, I wasn't quite sure what a diffuse threat was. So for the folks out there that don't know what it is, it is a imprecise or unknown threat. That is the official definition from the APA. Now, from my experience, anxiety simple, simply comes from having too many options, uh, not being able to decide on them, and almost information overload. It can also be a fear. You know what? I don't, I don't want to use the term fear, but it could be a perceived uh, emotion of nervousness when let's say you did something wrong in the workplace and you're you're forecasting on what the boss may say. You know, I also see that as a type of anxiety. Now, there's a million and one ways to deal with anxiety. And some of the ways that have helped me the most is first reflecting on John Asareff and someone who I've been following for a long time. In fact, I, I recommend other folks out there to check him out. He does some really great meditational mind reworking your uh, your subconscious mind. It's really phenomenal. And he has a breathing technique. I believe it's called take six. I could be butchering that. It's where essentially you breathe in through your nose. You take six seconds to breathe in. And you're breathing in confidence, love for whatever you want to bring about. And you hold that in, and you feel that coming in, that calm, cool air. You visualize that calm, cool air coming in through your nose. And then from there, you exhale that unwanted feeling, whether it's anxiety in this case, or depression, or fear, or overwhelm. And you just imagine it as whatever type of smoke. Uh, I often imagine it as a brown, or a black, or a almost like a, like a hazy smoke that I exhale and it just disperses in the air. And I repeat that about six times. So breathing in for six seconds and releasing it for six seconds and just imagining it that a negative motion leaving your body. You can just feel it after you get good at it. It has helped, it helped me wonders, truthfully. Uh, now, another aspect as far as how I handle my anxiety. It's just purely make the decision, my friends. A lot of times it's too many options that's faced in front of us. And sometimes when you just pull the trigger, you just do the thing, you just feel better. Right? Don't hold it in like a constipated, you know. You think it to yourself, oh, I could do this or that or this. Make the decision. And then for my overthinkers out there, the next question that you may be asking yourself, well, what if it's wrong? Then change it. Yes, you can do that. Make the decision. If it's not the appropriate decision in the future, learn from it, reflect on it, and then change it. Nothing more than that. And if you need some comparisons Think about some other friends or family or coworkers or mentors that you've seen them make a quick decision, they didn't like it, and they change it. People do it all the time. 
The question is if they reflect on it and they learn from that uh, decision that they didn't want. Excuse me. And going back to this decisiveness, I feel as if that the more anxiety I have, it often is because I'm not taking enough action of what I can actually control. I'm actually taking this slightly from Jeff Bezos. But this stress or anxiety that I feel is often things that I feel are in my control. And I'm not taking control of what I can control. Hence, feeling this overwhelm, this anxiety, this stress just building up and trying to eat me alive. So the more action you take, the better off you'll be. Also, adding on to this list is I really have not been a very strong uh, believer in this up until the last couple of years. But it's investing time in your support system. And whether it's a friend, a spouse, a relative, it doesn't matter. But I have a, a little, uh, with being in sales for so long, and this is what I keep internally, it, completely internalized, but obviously I'm going to verbalize it. I have a scale in my head, right? Uh, and it is, I don't like you, I don't trust you. I trust you, but I don't like you. No opinion. I like you, but I don't trust you. And then I like you and I do, I do trust you. And the people that are the best to communicate that I found about these anxieties are the people that you don't like and you trust, right? They're not going to want to make you feel good and they're going to tell you what you need to hear. And slash or the people that you like and you do trust. Because when you tell people that you don't trust and they tell behind your back, it can be misconstrued and drama and we don't want that. We want results. We want to feel better. We don't want to create more issues for ourselves. But trust is really the key word on that. And this is a new way that I've been actually going about things. Is It's reframing. I actually initially heard this from Ed Milet. A phenomenal speaker, and I suggest everyone here to take a listen to his podcast. I think it's called uh, uh, Max. Oh, one more. The, if he listens to this, he's going to kill me. But uh, The Power of One More, I'm butchering it, but Ed Milet, absolutely phenomenal. And reframe anxiety. When you feel anxiety, let, let's you know break it down to what you actually are feeling. Sometimes it's butterflies, sometimes it's a feeling of overwhelm, you can't contain yourself. And another cousin to that feeling is excitement. You feel butterflies, you can't control control yourself, you feel overwhelmed. So whenever I'm incredibly anxious, and this especially is more for folks who are doing presentations or doing any type of public speaking, I used to feel in a tremendous, and I still do, a tremendous level of anxiety. I would just flip the switch in my head and say, hey, listen, this isn't anxiety. This is just excitement. 
because I'm so excited to deliver my speech or my presentation to these folks. And I feel this way because simply I care. In fact, if I didn't feel this way, I'd be concerned, right? Reframe it. Don't make it something that's against you. Instead, put it behind you that's pushing you forward. I'm not anxious. I'm excited. I want to do this. And finally, what has helped me is putting myself through controlled circumstances or environments that causes anxiety. And this is more pertained again to public speaking. I'm still working through my fear. But I joined a group called Toastmasters. Fortunately, I, I disc, uh, discontinued my participation due to work commitments. But I went for about a year. And they have often a group of people that all are in the same boat you are. And you can go up there and deliver speech after speech after speech and really reduces your anxiety because you've done it so many times. You've put so many reps in to the point it's not a problem. So kind of recapping on our, on our talk here. We talked about anxiety, right, if you were listening. First off, it's normal. Right. This came from back in the caveman ages, and it was quite useful. But now that we're in the modern age, it has really become a hindrance, a, a problem that we have to always overcome. We talked about some definitions, right? The official American Psychology Association definition, and uh, some ways that I go about overcoming my anxieties. But without further ado, my friends, I know you guys are excited to go back out there and keep kicking butt. So with that, till next time. Cheers.